A work stoppage was avoided earlier this week at High River's Cargill Beef Processing Plant. Brian Perry with Canfax commented on the move. Pretty much our biggest plant in Canada, you know, that and GB, uh, GBS and Brooks are similar sizes, but, you know, they kill 47, 4,800 head a day, which is about 35% of Canadian production or, you know, 45-ish percent of Western Canadian production just in that plant. So, uh, yeah, it's a a huge deal given the large cattle on feed numbers and large cattle supplies in general. We just, you know, it would have been pretty, pretty, well, it could have been pretty, pretty devastating to the market if if they would have been closed for any length of time. So, um, no, certainly uh, glad to see that uh, all got sorted out in time and Cargill hopefully can, uh, you know, be... uh, get pretty active on the, or, you know, be, be more involved in the market more confidently here moving forward. What is the latest on the markets? Well, you know, it's going to be interesting. We're a little bit early this week. Uh, our Fed markets, we saw a little bit of strength last week, and uh, we're anticipating some more strength this week. Uh, you know, the U.S. markets rallied significantly in the last month or so, uh, whereas Canada's only seen marginal increases. So, you know, we're, we're hoping our, our Fed cattle get into the mid-60s here. Um week mid higher 60s possibly um just uh you know with with a competition and and continued good demand for for uh for beef and and cattle um right now so um yeah certainly expects stronger prices heading into december how are uh, farmers making out with uh feed uh, well, you know, the feed overall has, has been a challenge. Uh, anything, you know, our, our calf markets have not been, uh, you know, very robust either. You know, they've they've picked up slightly from the lows there uh, in November, but, uh, you know, it's the high feed costs, corn and imported corn and barley's uh, extremely expensive, you know, over 400 bucks a ton, a ton down in, in the feeding areas. Uh, hay and stuff is manageable i think uh luckily we had an open fall and, and guys are just starting to get into some colder weather and feeding now um i think most of the cow calf guys um you know are in well i guess maybe somewhat better shape than they thought in midsummer when there was you know no no grass around and and uh shortage of feed so yeah i think it's manageable uh still going to be tight um but it, and it's it's still pretty costly if guys need to buy any more supplemental feed uh, if it gets cold this winter any uh, thing else to highlight this week, or you know, the the challenge really we got to watch is basis levels. You know, our, our cull cows, you know, they are picking up a little bit, uh, but we remain at a pretty big discount to the U.S. market for cows, fed cattle, calves, and feeders. Uh, we might see a few more exports uh, going forward, and and maybe a slowdown in imports. So, uh, um, you know, we're at a feed cost disadvantage, and, and our prices are lower. So. Uh, uh, we could see a little bit more southern trade happening. That was Brian Peria with Canfax. Glenda Lee Allen Vossler was online for yesterday's Farm Forum presentation. She focuses in on part of Dr. Jeff Shano's presentation on building productivity of soils. He talked about some of the work done by a group of scientists involved in the Prairie Soil Carbon Balance Project. It looked at what the soil organic matter was like in 1996 and then 21 years later after conservation management practices like reduced tillage, continuous cropping or multi-crop rotations and 4R balanced fertilizer practices were implemented. 
The study was done in Saskatchewan and looked at soil samples from 100 different areas across the province. And those samples, luckily, were archived. Sampling was done again every five years afterwards. And in 2018, we went out again and we took samples from those same spots. So we're able to basically compare the same areas in the field. What was there in 1996 versus what was there in 2018? What I'm going to talk about today is the work that we did, where we zeroed in right on that top zero to ten centimeters, that、uh, that top layer of soil there, where、uh, we were interested particularly in not only the content of organic matter, but also some of the quality aspects of that organic matter as、uh, as well. Across those soil climatic zones, we consistently found higher mass of total organic carbon in the samples from 2018 compared to 1996. Again, and not surprisingly, showing the effect of those conservation management practices on increasing the amount of soil organic matter, the amount of soil organic carbon in the topsoil of those of those soils that we we, we sample. We also looked at a particular fraction of carbon in the soil, what we call microbial biomass carbon. So that's the microbial biomass carbon. Those are the the microorganisms that are in the soil that are responsible for carrying out the nutrient cycling, the activity. And how we measure the microbial biomass is we actually extract the soil with chloroform, and that knocks those microorganisms out, so to speak, and allows us to measure the carbon concentrations in them. So what we found in this, in this, I guess we might term this an active fraction,、uh, dynamic fraction of organic matter.、Uh, we found、uh, again consistently across the soil climatic zones, as shown here, microbial biomass content and the different soil climatic zones, rather consistently higher、uh, microbial biomass、uh, carbon contents in the samples from 2018, after 21 years of conservation management, versus what was there in 19. 96, and we saw some of the largest effects here in the black soil zone, where we tend to have the maybe the best conditions there, the greatest amount of substrate for those microorganisms to chew away on, so to speak. So conclusions in this、uh, component of、uh, of the work,、uh, certainly we, we saw that conservation management、uh, significantly increased that that microbial biomass、uh, content, and that relates, I think, to to, to then a、uh, prediction about uh, uh, enhanced uh, soil nutrient cycling in those soils and turnover and greater overall uh, microbial uh, activity. And we also observed that that soil conservation management significantly increased the total soil organic matter content in that top ten、uh, uh, centimeters that we were measuring, and that relates to increased fertility、uh, because that organic matter is a very important storehouse of nutrients, especially、uh, nitrogen and sulfur. Phosphorus as well. Also, the things that organic matter does for the soil in the topsoil, improving that soil structure,、uh, aggregation, and water relations as as well. So overall, I think what this work shows is that really the conservation management practices that have been adopted,、uh, employed by growers, I think are having a positive benefit on soil organic matter, soil health, and, and carbon storage. Really, I think a, a good news story. That's Dr. Jeff Shano. He was one of the participants in yesterday's Farm Forum event. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Bossler. Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. 
If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Knute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network.